and that nothing true about you will die. In fact, nothing that's absolutely actually true about you can die. Hello, everybody. I'm Dr. Chad Hawk with Matt Dowd, and we are Renegade Atlas, charting a new path for life. And what an appropriate time to talk about charting a new path for your life as the world has turned upside down recently, right, Matt? Has it ever? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, we were just talking about how we handled the this episode, particularly today. Yeah. And we're going to continue on with the Created to Be Wise theme. We're transforming it, tweaking it, if you will, just a little bit. What are we going to do today? Well, let's talk about the opportunity That's right. that comes out of suffering and difficulty. It really is yeah. a key moment in history where you can f- capitalize on the struggles, trials, um, reset, if you will, that we're going through. And we have a quote yeah. that might be a great one to kick things off. Why don't you read it to us, Matt? Okay, here we go. The enemy says, I will cause anxiety, fear, and panic. I will shut down business, schools, places of worship, and sports events. I will cause economic turmoil. The hero says, I will bring together neighbors, restore the family unit. I will bring dinner back to the kitchen table. I will help people slow down their lives and appreciate what really matters. I will teach my children to rely on me and not the world. I will teach my children to trust me and not their money and material resources. Now, pop quiz, who said that or wrote that? And when did they write it? Okay, everybody, think about it for just a moment. (laughs) We're going to give you five seconds. We're going to do the little quasi-Jeopardy theme here. You can hit pause on your podcast right now if you want to. Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So. Best guess. (laughs) It was, drumroll please. C.S. Lewis. Written in. Do you know what year? Yes. Oh, what year? Yeah. Uh, 50. Three? This person says 1941. Oh, oh! I thought it was after World War II. Apparently, it was okay right during it. Wow. Okay, I was totally wrong on that one. You're not too far off, and right no. person. So pretty interesting, huh? I mean, how appropriate is that for what we're looking at today? And how interesting that it it's not really new. Nothing new under the sun. Yeah. So let's break down what he said. Okay, let's take kind of chunk it down because wow, is society being reset right now? So, yeah. Okay, so what's like hit us with the first few lines there? Oh yeah, the enemy and the enemy in this case, well, our our big enemy, right? Satan. Satan. Satan is the enemy, and this is from Screw Tape Letters from the book Screw Tape Letters. So Satan caused I will cause anxiety and fear, fear and panic. Right, I'm going to shut everything down. Stop right there. Yep. Anxiety, fear, and panic. And what are many people in the world today feeling? Exactly that. Anxiety, fear, and panic. I will shut the world down. Yeah. Right. I mean, air travel's restricted. Cruises are gone. You know, there's no such... Yeah, just business. I mean, Businesses, theaters. It even says sporting events. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Those are like the first things to go. Yeah. The NBA, you know, and all the basketball stuff went away. I mean... Yeah, amazing. And that's it. That's, that's well, from this quote, that's what Satan's doing. He's like, I'm here to mess with you. To Take make away you feel anxiety and to make you want to just run and hide. Yeah. Do you notice one of the things um, that's the theme here is take away the creature comforts, okay? Mm-hmm. The sporting, the outs, 
the things that distract us and the things that allow us to move freely. Okay, those things are removed. Now what's next? Right. The hero, Jesus, right, comes in and says, I will bring together. I, I'm, he, he takes a whole different perspective, right? right? A whole different spin on what's going on and what's, what could happen, what he's going to do. He wants people to come together to restore the family unit, to bring dinner back to the kitchen table. It says, right, rather than fast food on the run all the time. Right. That, to me, all feels like, a sl- well, that's the next thing. I will help people slow down and to appreciate what really matters. It's like a reset. Absolutely. You know, how many people, at least in this part of the country, you see families out walking mm-hmm. that I've never seen out walking. And we live in a pretty, like, beaver-cleaver neighborhood, okay? <laughs> right. And we just don't see families. We see Um, mom's out doing their power walking or dad's out getting their run or walk in or whatever and maybe see some kids. But now, Mm -hmm. now you see family units all together with the dog and the stroller and all that going around. We see neighbors actually talking to each other. Right. You know, I never saw that. Yeah. It reminds me of when I was a kid. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Just like a different time. Yeah. And I'm not that (laughs) terribly old (laughs) yet. Right, but it is. It, I I I see that happening if people capitalize on it mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. lock themselves away in fear. For sure, I think a really beautiful question to ask in this time is, you know, what things have I been holding on to or prioritizing that I can just let go of, that we can let go of permanently, don't have that don't have to come back when normal life resumes, whenever that is. Exactly, right? and uh, and then in the space created. What can I add in? And adding in, maybe adding in nothing, essentially, like adding in rest or adding in this family time, you know? Yeah. I think that um, during times like this, it is a golden opportunity to capitalize on what Jesus says he's going to do. He's going to do anything to restore family, to restore the things that are right. So let's keep going with it then because now knowing who the voice is, right, of the yeah. hero here. He says, I will teach my children, so that's all of us, to rely on me and not the world. I will teach my children to trust me and not their money and material resources. Well, yeah, I mean, that's like mic drop moment. Yeah. I think the question is, are we going to learn that lesson? Right. Right? Are we going to receive that? Uh, and are we going to take it with us into the future and, and nor- normalize it, I guess, quote unquote, you know, we're going to make it, we're going to make it our new mode of operation. Right. Or are we just going to forget all about it and go right back to the crazy hustle, bustle, self-reliance, you know, that we've kind of been living in. And maybe we should for a moment, or maybe we shouldn't, but what about the idea of getting the government check. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. What does that do for you? Now, look, I understand, and I'm not minimizing, like, the single mom who has two kids at home, three kids at home, mm-hmm. and it's hard. Financially, it's hard, and they're not able to go to work right now. I can, I can understand how that makes a huge difference. Right. But what about all of all the other people who it's just going to be something that they can get? Mm-hmm. To buy more. Sure. Yeah. To. Yeah. Like it's not vital, not life or death. Really. Right. 
what does that do for them? Does that play into, you know, is it ethical to accept it? Hmm. I didn't say if it's right. I, mean, I didn't say you couldn't accept like it. Like morally right. Morally, right. yeah. Is it, Yeah, okay, okay. You know, that's just a... An interesting what thing. about like the question, is it in our best interest? Exactly. It, right. Yeah. So not like, is it right or wrong? I mean, okay, they give it out. I'm, I'll take it free money. It's nothing wrong with that. We could all do that. But I, I think what you're getting at maybe is like the mindset, the shift, like, is it in our best interest to take that next step forward in reliance on the government? Right. Like, the borrower's servant to the lender type of thing. The more we receive from them, the more power we exchange. Exactly. Right? What are we willing to give up? Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like reminds me of TSA and, you know, 9-11 and the airport security lockdown thing. And they started to uh, not mind taking pictures, x-rays of people, you know, in those machines and radiating us and seeing whatever they wanted to see and all that kind of stuff. That was a big trade-off. Pre-9-11... I'm going to put this in perspective. Um, we lived real close to the Charlottesville airport, which had an observation deck that you could go out and watch the airplanes taking off and landing. Mm-hmm. And I would take Allie when she was little mm. over there and we would watch the airplanes. Now we still had to go through the magnometer, right? And yeah, but we could go in. Gun. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. We could go in. We didn't have to have a boarding ticket, right. a boarding pass. We could go in. We could sit up there. And she loved watching the planes. After 9-11, that all ended. Right. We had to exchange the freedom that Allie and I had to go there and watch airplanes taking off at a publicly funded airport mm-hmm. for the perception of security yeah. that a boarding pass would provide somebody. Right. That's the beautiful the word right there. That's the key word is the perception, right? Yeah. The, what are we willing to exchange for the perception of safety? Yeah. And it's not that there should be zero exchange. Like I don't it's I don't think either of us are saying that we shouldn't take any measures at all. Right? No, and we I'm should just saying... let everything run rampant or whatever. No, we're not that, anarchists. No, exactly. And so maybe we learn some things out of this particular, you know, event that's going on that help us stay healthier, cleaner, safer, you know, all that type of stuff and we implement those. Right. But to what extent? Right. And what degree are we going to go? And what are we actually getting in return for for our exchange? Are we I mean, are we really getting absolute safety? No. Are we really getting absolute freedom from pestilence and disease and threat? Of course not. Right. But do we get duped into believing that we are? Of course we do. Yeah. And is it the government that's duping us? I don't think so. It's it's our own minds. Right. When did we give up the right? Like, um. One of my patients told me about an experience they had playing pickleball at a public court, okay? And there were four of them, all family members, playing pickleball on a public court. No one else was there. Okay. The police show up, told them they had to disband and leave. (laughs) Yeah, right. This was last week. Right, right, totally. And And they're like, we're family. Yeah, we live in the same house. Well, actually, they did, and their daughter was, yeah. you know, 20. But right. they had to leave. They had to disband because there were four of them. But they were all greater than six feet apart right. playing pickleball. Right. You know. Consenting to be in the same space-ish. Outdoors. Right. And it's not like they were going to, a, like, a mall and breathing on people. Well, <laughs> that, that, like you that. know, they were disbanded. But uh, Saturday, I had to go to Home Depot. No, yesterday, Sunday. yeah. yeah. I went to Home Depot. Yeah. I go in there, 
and it's packed. There had to be 200 cars in the parking lot. It was packed. Yeah, people yeah. buying stuff. Right. Well, it's like Christmas in ho- season, you know, at Home Depot. Yeah. And it's because everybody wants to get and outside. They a, want to do something. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. don't let people play pickleball at a court. <laughs> and you're going to have police show up and kick you out. Right. Right. The, see, yeah. what do we exchange our freedoms for? And I think what Jesus is getting at here is that Jesus is willing to do whatever it takes. And and here's where we can perhaps spin this positive. What if he's allowing this to happen so our hearts and minds can be renewed for each other and him mm-hmm. so that we can shed the vestiges of our own, you know, thumping our own chest and saying, we've done it, we've done it, we've done it, we can do it, and not being dependent on him and then ignoring the people that live with us. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that would be awesome. Well, that's I mean, what's in happening. terms of an outcome that, you know, that we could hope for. Yeah. And that, and I, I feel like it's almost, um, it has to go without saying almost, but we should say it. We're not minimizing the impact that this mm. has had on people who had conditions or problems in the past that have contributed to perhaps a very serious condition or even death through this. Yeah. I mean, I know personally people who have lost loved ones already, and maybe you do too. I don't. I, I don't know, but, but yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, one of the greatest predictors if you're going to have a serious problem has been if you are ever smoked in your life because it changes the epithelial lining. In your, mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. that just, it's like a ho, it's like a prime opportunity, so don't smoke. But, um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, but it's Quick one of those things. It, we're not minimizing that. We're saying in a reset – Mm-hmm. We can reset every component of our life. And that's what you and I are advocating for here. Mm-hmm. Dependence on the Lord yeah. for him to give you guidance and direction. For sure. For sure. Finding new ways to be productive, we, which we weren't before. Yeah. Yeah. Like just the hurried busyness where we just blow through day to day, that type yeah. of thing. Yeah. Without really stopping to think. Um, yeah. It's a great stop. To stop to consider what's really important, right? And like in our lives, like our t- the trajectory of our lives individually, like what am I doing every day and where is it getting me? Not in terms of like achievement necessarily, but like is it really, am I focused on the most important things? And does this help me reorient and reframe what those actually are? On that note, there's another article I read that I might have to dig up here but that was just posted about this idea that like, why, um, why does this particular issue, this coronavirus issue, spurring so much action where other global issues don't, yeah. like world hunger, you know, or like, I don't know, name it, right? There's several things that like the obesity epidemic in this country or a lot of things that kill a lot of people, innocent people, basically, that we, but it doesn't spur us to action. And what does that say about us as people, right? Like, why does this one kick it, us into gear where these other things don't? Well, there's a lot of manipulation that's occurring. Okay. Okay. I mean, this is, it doesn't matter which political specter, into the spectrum you fall on, but the news cycle is dependent on a crisis, News doesn't get along well without a crisis. 
and you need a crisis every few years and then they want to capitalize on it in some way. So they want to feed this system because it creates a dependency on the fear mongering that takes place by both politicians and the media. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's one thing that has to happen. And the other thing is, you see, if a person is overweight, let's just pick on um, people who are overweight. Okay? okay. Obesity. That's something that most people just embraced because of their lifestyle. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There's not a lot of fear mongering that can be done about it. Right. Okay. You can say, don't eat, don't eat, don't eat. Well, then you're the bad person. Yeah. Here, they're looking at an exogenous thing. Exogenous means without you or yeah. outside Obesity of you. Obesity is not like a communicable disease. Right. So. Right. They're looking for an, a moment. In fact, I believe this has fully been um, uh, capitalized on as a moment to take the hearts and minds of people and and create a panic because the regular flu every year kills way more people than this does right right it's way more deadly than this right so here's here's what the author of this article is charles eisenstein here's his answer a, a, one of his answers sure. to this question so the answer is revealing simply in the face of world hunger, addiction, you know, ecological collapse, etc. We as a society do not know what to do. Like we just don't have a formulaic plan. Whereas, um, moving down the page here, now along comes a contagious epidemic. And finally, we can spring into action because it's a crisis for which control works. Control, uh, quarantines, lockdowns, isolation, hand moving, uh, I guess I'm hand washing, control of movement, right? Control of information. It makes it, well, here's what his words. It makes COVID a convenient receptacle for our in, inchoate fears, a place to channel our growing sense of helplessness in the face of changes overtaking the world. So basically, the those in power, I guess those, or we as a collective, feel like we can form a plan and put it into action and it makes us feel better yeah. that we can do that. Right. We have the abilities on our own to uh, rebuff the things that come against this. We can stand firm against it. Right. Right. We can do something about it. We feel. Right. Yeah. How we, true is it is another question. Right. Because in this article, he's like, we'll get the results we get. And some people say it was because of the action we took. Other people will say it's because the thing wasn't that bad to begin with. And what that debate will rage on. Yeah. Right? So it'll be yeah. inconclusive. The only thing that you can count on to be strong during all of this is Shenandoah Joe Coffee. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Shenandoah Joe Coffee. Um, they are sponsoring us, Renegade Atlas. So what, I, what Matt and I would like you to do is to take a few minutes, go to our sponsorship page on therenegadeatlas.com, click on the link, Order up some coffee from Shenandoah Joe. Make sure you let him know that you listen to Renegade Atlas. And uh, yeah. we're still tweaking the Renegade Roast blend. We're not nailed down on it. So don't order it yeah. yet. First iteration was good. Good. But we want to yeah. make it a little more appropriate for all taste palettes. Right, right. If we can say that. Uh, color spectrums of the coffee chart, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, we want to make it easier for most people. So go ahead and order some um, coffee from Shenandoah Joe so you can support Renegade Atlas and what we're doing. Yeah. Build your house upon the rock. 
Shenandoah Joe. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing you can do to be strong Firm during a crisis. Um, yeah. But I, I think that he's getting at the heart, the author here mm-hmm. is really getting at the heart of what it means to think that we control nature or that we have it within our own abilities to mitigate these things because some things we can. In fact, right. one of the things that we've done a great job with is beating down nature. Hmm. We do it in our cities. We do it. Uh, farmers, think about farmers. Their continual battle is how do they keep the weeds out and the plants growing? Right. 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 Okay. How, that, yeah. That's how do you beat nature? And yeah. that's really, you go back to Genesis and look, and what are we told? That by the toil, you know, yeah. we will have to toil the soil. Right. <laughs> that's right. You know? Yeah. That's what we're going to have to do. Yeah. Well, exactly. And we see that playing out. But then you have Jesus coming along and saying that he's restoring the kingdom. Yeah. In which that's not true. And that's where, where this where we have to play the trump card, the Jesus card. Yeah. And say... Even in times of great trial and suffering and pain, he has a plan. Mm -hmm. He's never abandoned us or forsaken us. Mm -hmm. He's not ever turned away from us. He's here more for us than he's ever been at this moment. And we have to embrace that. Right. And that's where love and it overcomes the fear. For sure. And like the way he demonstrated that to us actually also I think is really helpful. It was the model of sacrifice. Like he didn't come in with a sword and destroy everything that was an enemy. He right. Did, he, he willingly let himself go. Yeah. Right. Exactly. He surrendered to it. Right. And went through the process of death and then resurrected in order to show us that death does not hold the ultimate power. Right, Which, he conquered death. Yeah, he conquered death so that we can conquer death. Right. And what is so what does that mean like today in like in this issue? What does it mean that death has been conquered? What does that actually okay. how does that play out? Well, if if let's just say that you and I are here and I contract a, a virus mm-hmm. and I should die. Mm-hmm. My my mortal body dies. Matt, you will know 100% that I am not dead. My body may be no longer alive, but right. my spirit lives in eternity. Right. And I'm not dead. Right. I'm made whole, truly whole by shedding this corporeal body. Totally. I think that's, yeah, I think that's one big aspect of it, obviously, right? That we're eternal beings. Yeah. That death, like physical death is not actually the end. No. That we don't actually have to fear it, which is boggles the mind really to conceive. And, you know, if we thought of it only from the human perspective, it'd be impossible to do. So it requires like getting a higher view of it all. Doesn't mean that it's not painful or, you know, scary or when you lose someone or to think about our own mortality. That it still it still affects us. But sure it does. But it doesn't have to have the ultimate say. But I think there's other levels too on which this works, right? The idea, and it kind of goes back to this idea of what of my daily routine do I could I let go of and it would actually improve my life that I've maybe been clinging on to as a life support system that's not actually life-giving. Maybe that needs to die. And I've been afraid to let it die. 
Can you think of an example? Um, just like keeping super busy all the time, for example, right? Like going from work to activities to this, you know, just running around with our heads cut off, you know, in order to do what? To avoid having to deal with some relational issues that we haven't wanted to face, maybe, or to like actually confront um, some inner fears that we have, right? Or some wounds that we're carrying around that just, it's easier just to keep them stuffed. Or maybe to avoid um, something like big and bold that we've been, we secretly would want to do, like a calling on our lives or, a, you know, something that we could go tackle. But that also was going to take work and might we might fail at it or whatever. So we've been afraid to move in that direction as well. And this, this kind of forces us to confront those type of things or allows us the opportunity to do it. And if we let our fear die or the thing, whatever it is that's preventing us from engaging with that stuff, like the stuff that's really, it's more like the substance of life. It's not just this superficial busyness that we use as a as a smoke screen. Yeah. What do you think? I think that's absolutely correct. Um, one of the greatest things I'm seeing in many of my patients' lives is that their kids are no longer on travel teams. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And they're like, at first they're like, oh, we don't know what we're going to do. We're so disappointed. I'm like, you're Give sixth, it a minute. <laughs> yeah, your yeah. sixth grader doesn't need to be on a travel team right now. Yeah, right. And they're like, well, what are we going to do? I'm like, how about be in relationship with each other? Yeah. Yeah. What are you seeing? Are they like well, any um, results yet? Well, I will say because now they're in their what second is it second week now out of school, full week entering their third week now, right. something like that. So, sounds right. Yeah. So they're entering their third week and um if you include spring break. I yeah, guess. their spring break. Um and the travel teams are all shut down. The regular weekend teams all shut down. Practices yeah. all shut down. Right. And I had a dad come in. He says, you know, I'd never played, I've never played catch with my son. Hmm. I said, what do you mean? <laughs> he goes, ever. I said, he plays baseball. He goes, yeah, we would do practice. Yeah. But I never stood out in the yard and played catch with my son. Wow. I've done that almost every night. And it's not been raining. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I was like, do you like it? He goes, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. we're talking. Yeah. It's not just, oh, go run laps. It's right. I'm connecting with him. Right. Like watch Field of Dreams, that movie, that Kevin Costner yeah. movie. That's all he wanted to do is have a catch with his yeah. dad. And that's like a great memory from my childhood with my dad. Just throwing the ball around, you know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome stuff. And, and I think you just, you brought this up in what you were saying. By the way, there was so much richness in what you said. But um, it's it's amazing what you did say because I'm speaking at a CBMC event, I believe next week. And one of the things I was going to talk about is being willing to move into your identity and not be just stuck. Don't be afraid of failure. Embrace failure if it happens. Mm -hmm. You know, see how God corrects it and guides you further going going on. And um, I was going to use the whole Jonah story um, mm -hmm. to talk about this very thing. Uh, fleeing from your calling is what I called it. And um, maybe if I can get access to it, I'll post it here first. It's only be a 10 minute thing oh, yeah. I'm going to do next week. Oh, after you do it? Yeah, yeah maybe cool. I'll see if I can post it. Right. But um, what you said there is so vital. We get so stuck in our jobs because perhaps they're convenient or they're nice or they're easy or they pay well or the benefits are good, but it isn't God's calling 
it's not our identity for right. our life. Right. Reset. Yeah. And what is it that's stopping us from moving away from it or even considering moving away from it? Right. Would it be the fear of the unknown or the fact that it's become what we rely on? Yeah. Like if I don't have this, then what will I have? And I think, yeah, God's wanting to say, well, you've got me. <laughs> the whole can time. you trust me? You know, right. if I'm leading you here, can you also believe me when I tell you that I'm not going to like walk you off a cliff? Right. I'm not saying it's going to just be easy and rosy. No. You know, that's not the point. No. But the, you're the not going to. The point is the dependency on him to say he is who he says he is. Right. Right. Or not to say it, but to right. be who he says he is. Yep. And that nothing true about you will die. In fact, nothing that's absolutely actually true about you can die. Ever. Yeah. The Our true identity, our true selves are eternal. The only There's nothing thing, mortal about it. The, the only thing you lose are the things that you carry. Mm-hmm. Right. Or that are stuck to you. <laughs> yeah. Right? But yeah, same. The, I mean, the, totally. The, the, you're not a Sherpa for how you craft your life. Huh. Yeah, I like that. You, you are a, you are who you are. And the more you move into that, mm-hmm. you are so much clearer and lighter and free. Yeah. So. There we go. Yeah. Are we willing to face it though? It's, it can be a little bit ugly or scary. And it doesn't you happen know. overnight. Yeah. Rarely. Yeah, right. Not, not entirely. Yeah. You can have big breakthroughs, I think, in a moment, you know? Yeah. In fact, that kind of makes me think of the this other topic we were going to dangle out there. I think leading into next week, I think it's next week, when we have Jamie Winship coming on the show. And he'll be talking about the creative process and how this time can really foster it, how suffering, difficulty, pain um, can really be a catalyst to kick us into out of this formulaic autopilot back into creative thinking and receiving, right? And evaluating what's really going on and maybe moving in a a new direction, a higher direction. Um, But yeah, that we can enter that process, that eureka, like that evaluation, like what, what's really going on? What am I really doing? Is it really valuable? Do I need to continue doing this? Is there something better I could be doing? What would that be? (laughs) what would it look like? Right. And actually starting to explore. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, at being willing to allow yourself to be vulnerable and ask those really hard questions right. is a beautiful thing. Yep. Outstandingly amazing thing. Yep. And that's the reason why we need to know our creator and how much he actually loves us. That, He knows that we carry around this stuff that's not really us, you know, the false junk, the the pseudo identities, you know, all all these things. And he doesn't condemn us for it, though. He just he wants to help us move beyond it. He wants to help free us from it. Yeah, it would be like um, watching your child who's doing something and you know there's a better way. And you need to get their attention to show them that there's a better way. And that's what he's so patient. You know, he's willing. Yeah. I've once heard somebody say, uh, probably many times I've heard this, but uh, God is a gentleman. 
he's not going to force you to do something right you're right. not willing to do he's going to invite you to do it yeah consent that's what brad jersak's term what is for it he, he's consenting to us he allows us to lead <laughs> but he invites us to do it with him yeah um i've i've had this picture of that i've used for god where like you know in a courtroom like a trial for a murder a murderer and they actually did it like they're guilty and you can just imagine like this person's mother in the in the pew behind him right in the in the courtroom and what's her attitude towards her son who's a convicted murderer right she's heartbroken and she still sees him as the little boy with all this potential and promise right and the goodness in him that she knew when he was a kid that somehow went all wrong but she she hasn't lost that view of him or her love for him right i think that's how god views us too no matter how far astray we go he still right. sees the best in us and he knows he's made a way for us to be free Yes, I think that's one of the big moments of confidence, if we will. We can use that term, a moment of confidence, that despite everything that we've done right or wrong, because we've probably done a lot of things that look right, despite those things, even mm -hmm. our own successes, not just our failures, God still loves us and he wants more than anything to be in relationship with us. Yeah. Amen. Yep. Amen. Well, I think we've covered a lot of good information today. We hope to read your comments. We want you to share this with everyone. Yeah. Matt, you want to share how they can find out all this stuff out? Yeah. I mean, right now our Facebook page is an excellent way. Just Renegade Atlas on Facebook. You can connect with us there. Um, you can email us directly. Our email address is guide, like a Sherpa, guide at therenegadeatlas.com. So shoot us an email. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, what else? Our website, therenegadeatlas.com. It's got this episode, show notes, links to things we talk about. Yeah. Um, and I think this is a good time where we can kind of review what's happened in the last few episodes real quick. We've had Kim Specker on. Yeah. Fantastic interview. Please check that out. We've had Joseph Apoku, soon to be Dr. Joseph Apoku. Fascinating take on a whole different mindset because he's from Africa, a whole different mindset about viewing the world and, mm -hmm. and approaching faith and life. Um, uh, who else have we had? Um, Stephanie. Stephanie Hinman. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Talk about goodness. gratitude and joy. Gratitude, and joy. Return yeah. to joy through. Well, actually, both Stephanie and Kim talked about gratitude a lot in they the did. process. So Maybe that's because all of the neurology says that if right. we activate the right areas of our brain, yeah. we change our life. Yeah. You know what I love is that we're hearing a similar message, like a centrally themed message from a lot of different places. Right. Stephanie, Kim, you're going to hear it from Jamie when he comes on. I mean, and it's all backed by science and what's being, you know, discovered and uncovered. Right. You know, in the natural world, so to speak, and how it aligns with what's going on with us spiritually. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. So it's fantastic. We've really tried to put good content out there. Our expectation from you is that you listen and share. Listen, comment, and share. Yeah. Okay, everybody. You are loved and appreciated. Bye-bye. <laughs>